Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I played Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herd Saul. You got Dale's word on that. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal. And you're listening to Gruesome Herd Saul. Scott Guider, a.k.a. Gruesome Herzog. My very, very special guest is a talented actor who I've been friends with for quite some time. But we finally get an interview. That's a talented Ford Austin. Ford, how are you? Scott, it's amazing to talk to you. You sound like a million bucks. And you look even <laughs> better, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Ford. Um, we all know um, a lot of fans have uh, been asking questions I see, you know, uh, David Stay, a good friend yeah. of mine, good friend of yours, been keeping me informed on your condition from the accident. But a lot of fans seem to uh, ask questions. How's Ford? So I figured today would be the day, if you're willing to, to talk to the fans, to let them know oh, yeah. exactly how you're doing and so forth. And then we'll get into some of your films that you've done that uh, I absolutely enjoyed. I did see Dahmer vs. Gacy. Ghostmaker you're in as well. That was a good film. I love that film. But you also have one that was in that you made, if I remember correctly, in 2011. I've not seen it. Falling Down. I like to get my hands on that and check Falling that out. Falling Down. And uh, there was a couple that year. There was, a, well, right before that was Attitude for Destruction, which I directed. Yep. And then right after that, at the time of the accident, I was actually working on Radical with George Cameron or Cameron George Romero and Tom Sizemore, and boy, what a great film that's going to be. That one's still in post, obviously, because it was in a car accident. And I couldn't help finish it, but I, uh, I play a lead role in that opposite Tom, and Tom's nice. a friend, so I've always been trying to help him out. But, uh, you know, for everybody out there, they should know that that car accident really just twisted my life upside down. And... Basically, I've made a full 100% recovery, and after uh, two years working at that, one year in the hospital, basically six months in the hospital, a year in a wheelchair after that, uh, about a year where I couldn't read, and I couldn't speak, and I couldn't put on shoes, wow. and I had to have people help me uh, eat, I wound up doing physical therapy and occupational therapy. And every type of therapy that exists so that I would have the opportunity to come back and make more movies. And I've, uh, made a, like I said, I've made a full recovery. I have uh, also, you. since then, I was invited by a friend of mine, Martin Landau, to come and audition at the Actors Studio, which is a uh, private actors organization in New York City and Los Angeles. That wow. boasts membership of uh, actors like James Dean and Marilyn Monroe and 
Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Gene Hackman, and uh, many, many others that are too many to list. But I wound up auditioning, and it took me three auditions, and I got in as a lifetime member of the Actors Studio. And that was always that was a huge life goal of mine, and I never had the balls to do the audition until I was on my back in a hospital bed, and they had taken my left hip replacement out because it became infected. And I literally was in this hospital in New York City, thinking, "What the hell am I going to do with my life? I can either right. just pack it in right now and forget it, or double down on all this crap. Since I have to relearn how to walk anyway, I may as well relearn how to act and relearn how to do everything." and follow my dreams that I've had since I was a kid. And auditioning for the actor's studio was one of those dreams. One of the coolest things that happened is after my second audition where I didn't get in, Martin Lando came up to me and said, you know, I want to tell you something. You were really, really close to becoming a lifetime member today. Um, but we're going to keep you on as a working finalist. And Dustin Hoffman will tell you that it took him nine auditions. It really only took him six. And you're on your second. So keep going. And uh, Encouragement. That's encouragement yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. And one of the greats. And awesome. That was, uh, that was really kind of the, the thing that, for me, along the path going towards that membership in the Actors Studio, I was doing movies as well. So I'll just comment on those for a second. Like what I've been doing since the accident. Aside from recovering trying to learn to walk and getting out of my wheelchair. I also made two feature films. One of them is a comedy called Heels, starring myself, Britt George, who's on a show that's on a, some, some television show, and then Richard Reilly, who was in Office Space, and he was actually the guy in the neck brace in Office Space, and he was also on Broadway with Kevin Spacey. Hmm. in uh, this great play called The Iceman Cometh. And he'd been in about 300 things, so it was an honor to work with him. And he couldn't even tell I was in an accident when I told him. That's kind of the wow. thing that I do now. Is I go out and I work on projects, and I don't tell people I was in an accident until after we've done the job. Right. For instance, right. Uh, I, I'm, I have a national campaign for Cadillac automobiles running right now where I play one young father who's watching this woman pick her child up from school. And they actually put me into two different roles in this commercial, which doubled the salary. And I have uh, I've basically been a, a working actor because of that spot and another spot that I did for Downey. And I don't really do commercials so much, but, you know, it was just kind of this thing that I had to do to prove to myself that I was fully recovered and people couldn't even tell if I was in an accident or not. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and to be in a car commercial after a car accident and being named after a car is just, it's a trip. So that's, <laughs> that's really good. Um, and then there's this other movie that I'm doing right now in Austin, Texas, that I'm really excited about because it's got a touch of horror in it, really thriller-type horror conspiracy stuff, which I'm big on. And it's called Six Pack Sam being directed yeah, by this very that. talented director named Joe McReynolds out of Austin, Texas, which because of my namesake, I love making movies in Austin. There's a huge horror community there that I just really like tapping into and it's kind of just like where the center of 
independent horror film is starting to get placed. And I love it. The nice. weather's a little humid for me. There's a little too many bugs. But when you get to go down there and make a movie with all these people down there and um, and work on this amazing film I'm doing down there, Six Pack Sam, which is about this uh, girl whose father is, uh, he commits suicide. He's a, a police officer who commits suicide. And he used to be a partner of mine, so she reaches out to me to tell me that she thinks it was a murder. And then the whole movie, we team up and we try and track down who it is. And without giving up too much, you know, before it's all over, I wind up assaulting the chief of police with a ball-peen hammer while I tie him to a chair. And it's just wonderful, just feels like a like something out of a Tarantino film. That is brilliant. Yeah, so... I'm really having fun making movies now and tricking people by working and let nothing ever happen in a car accident. And it's great. Now, now I want to ask you a question if you're open to answer it. What yeah. did happen with the accident? I mean, I don't well, know, I no, not, know exactly what happened, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't really tell you so much because, you know, you know, when you get into a car accident, it kind of wipes a lot, a lot of stuff out. I do know yes. that I was, I was at the lot in Hollywood, California, which is over on Highland and um, Santa Monica Boulevard. And I'm shooting, I was actually shooting extra interviews for the uh, DVD release of Dahmer vs. Gacy. Love that movie. Yeah, starring myself and um, Harlan Williams as God and Randall Malone as Mm -hmm. C and a a sea of amazingly talented actors like Bonnie Aarons, Erwin Keyes, uh, Jerry Marin from The Wizard of Oz. And so I'm an art LaFleur, too. So I was shooting interviews with a lot of the actors to put on the DVD and the extras. And that night, I was so exhausted that I slept in my office. And what I remember is the flashes of walking from my office to my car, which was a Porsche Boxster that was modded out for street racing, so all of the uh, airbags had been removed from it. Oh. I wouldn't advise anybody to do that. Uh, um, it would have saved me a, a couple of years of trouble. So uh, I was driving north on Highland Boulevard, and I was heading over to Toluca Lake over the hill. And I, the next thing I know, is my eyes are closed, and I feel centrifugal force really, really crazy spinning. And I yell out, no shit. And then I don't know anything. And then I wake up in the windshield of the car with the glass broken all around me with my seatbelt holding me from going through the windshield. So literally, I could put my, my chin on the hood of the car and my steering wheel was all bent. And I... Had, basically what had happened is I had gotten to Franklin and I spun out so that I was now heading south. And I hit a pole on the left-hand side, on the driver's side. Wow. And the entire accident was brought to a stop with my left hip, <clears throat> which was shattered. And Jesus. Um, so I'm sitting in the windshield, looking up at the stars, thinking... Uh, this is it. I'm just trying to keep my breath going so that somebody will find me. This, 
there's nobody out. There's no cars on the road. And eventually, I heard later on that somebody who was in the building above the lamp that I hit called the paramedics or the fire, and the fireman came. And as the fireman, firefighter was walking up the pavement, it's about 15 minutes later. I'm looking at the stars, and I think, oh, shit, thank God. And I, I yell out to him. I say, thank God you're here. Get me out of here. I want to live. I was in total shock. He pulls out the jaws of life, goes to uh, turn on. It sounds like a chainsaw. And because I've made so many horror movies and I've watched so many horror movies and I was making two horror movies at the time of the accident, and I was in shock, I thought that what they do is they cut you into pieces and reassemble you at the hospital instead of cutting the car. So I yelled out, no, fuck that. Leave me here. I'll figure it out myself. Oh, and, I, uh, and I collapsed. And I, uh, the next thing I know, I'm cycling through a bunch of dreams and visions and near-death experiences where I met my great-grandfather and my grandfather. And I saw a doorway of white light. And, <clears throat> and then uh, two weeks after that, I wake up from a coma. Because I heard my wife standing over me saying, you promised you'd never leave me. Please don't ever leave me. Just repeating it over and over. And then I became aware that I was in a coma. And I sort of, she's right, and I wake up, and I woke up. And my whole family was there. And I was in traction, and I was intubated. And I was heavily medicated on this drug called Dilaudid. And... Um, Boy, it was, uh, it was this trip, tricky thing where hmm. you're so sick that people in your life come from around the world to say goodbye to you before you die. Instead of, hey, let's come and get you well. Yeah, yeah. And the extent of my injuries were vast, needless to say. When I had gone into the windshield, I took the, the windshield and smashed it with my left eyebrow. And it gave me a traumatic brain injury, which was why I had to relearn how to walk and talk and speak and then uh, think clearly. And um, my left hip was shattered, and the bone was blasted through my body, severing my urethra and a lot of other tissue. Jeez. And my entire left side of my body was paralyzed from nerve damage related to that. My right femur was broken in half. Every rib was shattered. My heart stopped three times. On one occasion, it was stopped for three full minutes. And my lungs had collapsed and my kidneys failed. So, what I'm saying, oh I had vast injuries. It took uh, over 30 surgeries. I had to, my spleen was ruptured and had to be removed. And I had multiple, what do they call them, blood transfusions. Um, yeah, I spent the next six months in the hospital with Peter Sinai, and then I went home in a wheelchair with a suitcase that sucked my stomach closed, and, uh, it's like three more, four more surgeries still ahead of me. And then, uh, four months later, I went to UCLA, UCLA, and I had my hip replacement done. 
and then another surgery, and then a year later, my hip replacement became infected. So they had to pull that out, and I was in New York at the time. And then they replaced that. But there was about two months when I was in New York without a left hip in a wheelchair. I was rolling up and down Broadway, seeing movies and watching all my friends make movies on Facebook and celebrate all their great cinematic achievements. And I was just trying to live, trying to learn to walk. Can you say higher power, Ford? (laughs) I can. Definitely can. So what happened is I, I cost the insurance company about six and a half million dollars and they covered 90% of it. And I'm all clear. So it's, uh, not only are my injuries recovered, but I'm, uh, back to work. God bless you. Um, and I, oh, in that movie Radical that I did with Cameron Romero, that should be coming out sometime soon. It's a phenomenal movie. He did a great job directing it. Uh, he's a very, very talented director. And then, yes. uh, I was also, so well, here's something that happened while I was in the first hospitalization. Obviously, the DVD for Dumber vs. Gacy never came out with extras. Just the movie. Because those extras were on a camera that I still have. I actually have that, those extras. And they never made it on the DVD. I was signing the distribution agreement with my only good hand um, while my other side was paralyzed in the hospital bed. And I was also making another movie, a documentary about same-sex marriage. This is back when Prop 8 was going on. And I produced that from the hospital bed as well. Oh, wow. And... I wound up going to our premiere because we did it with George Lucas for the final sound mix at Skywalker Sound. And I went to the premiere at Skywalker Ranch in Marin County on crutches. And then when we did the theatrical release, I was on crutches again. So, you know, really, it's like any injury I ever had that didn't stop me from making movies. It didn't stop me from getting out and doing what I had to do. There's another movie I was doing, Showgirls 2, with Lena Riffle and Josh Eisenstadt, and I went to the premiere of that in a wheelchair. Hmm. I just didn't let anything stop me. You know, it was like the only thing that was keeping me getting well, doing therapy and focusing on movies. Like when I got home from the hospital in the wheelchair, I looked at the back of Variety and it said The Ghost Maker for six days straight, which was my movie, which I produced and played the detective in. I love that movie. That's a fun little movie to just find. That movie, that movie shocked me, actually. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that it was that bad, but some of these well, films... Well, you know, you expect it. You expect there to be... I mean, we really, like, redid the effect and called in a lot of favors over and over. And, you know, Mauro Pirelli and uh, all the rest of the producing team just, we really put together a, a fun film that was high quality. As high as we had, the capability of doing it. Um, you know... So now I've got even more exciting stuff going on because I have other movies that are coming up and I've really started thinking in the past couple of days that I might try and start directing again. I've been taking this recovery in steps, Scott. Right. First I had to learn how to obviously speak (laughs) and then I had to sit up and then I had to learn how to walk. And then once I was able to get out of the hospital and get clear of the medical issues, 
you know, I started acting. I started with a voiceover for this web series. Then after that, I I did another series called uh, The Adventures of Doug and Lemmy, which really was just a fucked up series where it was all <laughs> stuff that I wrote in the hospital with Mark Wasserman. And we, it's like stuff where I make him drink my bodily fluids, like my piss, and he acts it on like shit and stuff. And, and it's like just a, a twisted, stupid thing because I was on all these drugs when we wrote it. And when you're in the hospital, it's really about what your body is excreting. It's about your bodily fluids. I'm getting stuck with needles. That's what happened. Right. So I wrote about that. And um, and then once I did that, I felt a little better. And then I went on and I made, um, I did the commercial for Downey. And then I did the other commercial for Cadillac. And then I did uh, Heels, which is so fun. Heels is going to be a great movie. That's set in the world of professional, family, well, really low-level wrestlers. And these guys are trying to make money to open a restaurant. And I, I play their manager. Um, and it's all great. I mean, it's a, far, it's a far cry from the days when I was doing uh, The Curse of Lucy Borden and I directed uh, Cheap Per Destruction, all these other movies, the horror films with uh, Gothic Vampires from Hell and, you know, Dahmer versus DC. These, these movies aren't horror films yet. yet. Right. I'm really looking forward to that's what they've been doing. You know, like, it's hard to do a horror film. It's really hard. You wind up bathed in blood by the time you, and you're like driving home from the set and you're covered in blood, hoping that a cop doesn't see you and pull you over and ask questions, right? <laughs> right. And you just spent like 16 hours on set, so you're exhausted. So I've been working my way up to getting that 16-hour capability behind me, which I have now. And I'm like taking offers and putting out feeds, feelers, for some really great people to work with, and I'm getting a good a good response. A lot of people have been really waiting for me to get well again, which was yeah, another thing of, you kind of brought up. A lot of people didn't even think I was able to walk, right? That's crazy. I mean, yeah. you, it's just, you know, when, of course, you know, I got told you earlier that um, David, David Stay was uh, keeping me informed about you, and then I've been watching on Facebook, and I see you pop in there, and then uh, then I can tell that you're getting better and better and better. And then I figured, you know what, I'm going to reach out to him and, and, and have him on the show. Because, like I said, I've been following you for a long time. We've talked on Facebook for many, at least four years. And yeah. I was very concerned about you, Ford. Thank you. And I just want to have you come on here to tell your story. Because, like I said, a lot of people are asking, and I figured, you know what, if you're up to it, I'll let you explain the story so people do know that Ford Austin is back. Yeah, that's great. Yes. And Scott, Scott is right. Scott is right. So I'm uh, so, you know, working on this just, uh, movie. I'm trying to finish this movie in Austin. And then six Pack Sam. Six Pack Sam. And then we start another movie that I can't talk about yet. I think that's going to shoot in Austin, too. And it's all very exciting. And then, you know, mm. all these other movies that I was trying to develop before the accident, just sort of revisiting, just picking those up. Like, there was going to be a sequel for Dahmer versus Gacy. Oh, wow. And I have that script on my desk. And then there was another movie, Cannibal Cop, that is supposed to be a pair to that series. And then there was this great movie, Kilbulance, that I developed when I, because I, I, I literally inherited an ambulance, and I thought, Oh, I'm going to make a horror film with that. Sweet. 
you know, get some of these really talented actors in like Camden Toy and, you know, uh, Bill Oberst Jr. and Dave Vessio and just uh, some really hard-working, down-and-dirty, method horror actors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's get them all in there. Um, that is superb. Yeah, yeah that's what's going on, though. It's what all in, you, in... What movies would you like to make, like me to make? I'd like to see Dumber vs. Gacy 2. Okay, all right. Definitely. You know, I've also got a script for a Manson movie I was trying to do. Yes. Oh, yeah. I watch every one of them. It's Sweet. good. It's good to play to, to get in the hands of these serial killers and be able to really kind of make them human. Which obviously Dahmer, I didn't because it's a comedy, but right. You know, they're uh, they're still fun to do as comedies too. Tell you what, I mean, uh, when uh, I got the Dahmer versus Gacy sent to me to review quite some years ago, and I knew I was getting myself into. I mean, as far as the cast and all, because I've um, friends with Mike, Matt Chasen as well. And um, so I knew Random Malone and you were in it. And then I seen David Stay in there. And then the, the little guy from uh, Wizard of Oz was Jerry, in it. Jerry Maris. Yeah. yeah. And to, to watch that, because the audio clip from the trailer, believe it or not, I used that on my show as, an, as part of an intro <laughs> uh, that I thought was very unique that uh, between used two. Um, all you want to do is eat them, or you know, however it was. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, you just want to eat them, don't you? <laughs> that's it. I love that film, but Ford, I'm telling you something. I'm so glad that you're that you made this miraculous recovery. Of I mean, it wasn't fast, but you made a recovery. You're walking. You're back in the film industry again, and I'm very happy and pleased to see that uh, you know that you have the fight and the willpower to. You know, go against all odds and bring yourself back, and and I, I'm pretty sure since the accident, it puts your whole life in a different perspective. I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, it sure did. It sure did. It uh, it takes something so dramatic to make you realize, look, you know, and, and that you can't take life for granted. We all think, oh, we're invincible. We're n- nothing's going to happen to us, but all it takes is one incident. You mentioned about an accident uh, windshield. That happened to me. Uh, not that severe, luckily enough, is back in like 87, I was driving and I fell asleep at the wheel, uh, me and my brother going to work, and I head on into a telephone pole. Oh. I mean, I went, I went through the windshield. I literally smashed the steering wheel down to the floor, the engine sucked the radio in, and I went flying through the windshield, windshield shoulder into the telephone pole. And landed out in the ground, and believe it or not, Ford zero injuries. You're lucky it was the shoulder, or you should have played football. <laughs> You're lucky it was I, the shoulder, though. You're very lucky. Yeah, I get up, stumbling around, and went around, and because of the impact of the car, the passenger door was jammed. But for some reason, with the adrenaline, I got the door open. And, of course, the ambulance came, and they they just can't believe that I survived that because they seen blood everywhere. I mean, to this day, Ford, I'm picking glass out of my head. Do you still uh, vividly remember the visuals of that? Uh-uh. The only thing that I remember is the bad thing about it is I woke up just before I hit the telephone pole. I think it would have been uh, – Better, I, you know, better you if think you just that, fall, stayed asleep. 
they they say to me, Scott, it's impossible that you woke up because if you did, you would have more injuries. Because when you're sleeping, your body's relaxed. I said seriously, I'm not kidding. I seen it. I seen the telephone pole coming, and I was like uh, helpless. I didn't know what to do, and I just hit that bitch at 55. I swear to God, I've never seen that much of it. I remember the impact, the vehicle stopping like that, and then I, I can only remember bits and pieces after that. It's 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 just a weird thing. And I'll tell you something. After I was in a hospital for four hours in the emergency room, and then my dad came and picked me, and my brother had to stay there, and he went back to – the car was towed, and he went back to look at the car, and as soon as I seen the car forward – I started yakking everywhere. I would not get in the wow. I would not get the car. I wouldn't get behind the wheel for like two weeks. My mom actually forced me. Look, Scott, you you have to get back with your life. I was like dramatized, but I did get back in. But I kid you not, when I looked at that car, I started puking everywhere because it it brought back everything. Uh, it's just a horrible. So I I didn't have the same experience as you to a point. I mean, you had the injuries, but Something like that there, it's like people ask you about it, and I can't remember. I can only remember yeah. bits and pieces of it. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. Whether you have a lot of injuries or not a lot of injuries, you know, like a near-death near, near death experience is like a near-death experience. Mm. I mean, you almost died. Of course, you get freaking traumatized by that. Um, you know, I... They said I was going 90 miles an hour when I hit that pole. So I don't Oof. know how I don't know how you can go 90 miles an hour without airbags, take full impact, and not have something outside of you like helping you, some kind yeah. of weird weird force or something. I don't know how in the world you basically plowed into that pole. It was your cousin who was riding shotgun. My brother, brother. my brother. How is he? And he had a ba- he had had he'd have a back surgery, but other than that, he was fine. It's the, the jerk of him. He was awake, see, and he was looking the other way, and he didn't realize it until he looked over and see me uh, waking up. But I, like I said, at that point, it was just too late. But well, Paul, I mean, I get chills just hearing you tell this story, just recreating that moment. Awful. I'm sorry. Awful. Well, no, 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 no. It's not, not for me, for you, for you. I believe me. I can relive a lot of stuff. I can relive my accident. I can talk mm-hmm. people through verbatim what it was like as I was sitting there in the car with broken glass all around, see my headlights out there, looking up at the stars and just trying to breathe having those thoughts where I just need to keep my breath going long enough for someone to get me out of this car because I can't move. Yeah. And, Oof. yeah, I just started thinking all sorts of stuff. Like that's it. Love- start, start saying goodbye to people. Yeah. 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 Well, lucky for us that the accident happened in front of this farm and they seen it and called the fire company and police right away. But man, this is actually the first time that I actually thought about it now talking to you because it brought back memories of what happened to me. 
And well, uh, did it change your life? It sure did. I mean, I make damn sure that I get proper sleep. That's what I do. That's one damn sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't take. I mean, I drive for a living. You know, now I mean, I I drive the big trucks now, and, and it taught me. That I teach. See, I'm a trainer and a lead driver and a manager in the ice business. So I'm training these. I'm, I'm up in North Philly right now. I drive like an hour and a half to work every day from where I live. Oh, you're in North Philly. You know, I went to Temple University, right? Well, I'm in I'm in Lancaster, but I live I work in yeah Temple. Yeah, I deliver yeah. ice at Temple. Yeah, I, live, I used to live at 1500 Locusts Center City. Okay, for three years. Yeah, 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 and it's fun delivering ice in there. The big trucks. You can't park anywhere, but. With my experience with the accident, has come forward now for me training these young guys. Thinking, look, you need to get your sleep. You're driving a big truck. I mean, I think what happened to me is now I'm able to preach and teach to these young kids that look, sleep means everything. You might do four hours of sleep, and you might think you're a man, you're uh, you're the you're the thing, but after a while, it catches up to you. And sometimes it's at that wrong moment, and I think that's I think the accent that I had has taught me to in my later years to teach these young guys that uh, you need your sleep, no matter how big and tough you think you are. So maybe it's godsend or a reason or I don't know. I'm lucky to survive that with no injuries whatsoever, except for some glass in the head and nausea, you know, and uh, a couple aches and. I have aches and pains from that moment. I mean, it, it's they told me that all the injury and the internal injuries, not internal, internal, but your body took a major uh, beating. And he and they said later on in life you might start feeling them later on. It's kind of weird that they said that. I didn't believe them, but you know, I I have some of the aches and pains from it. I'm like thirty some years later, but uh, hey, I'm lucky to be alive and be able to. Yeah, work. of course, of course. And then, of course. Yeah. I'm in the industry now, and that happened in 2012, like two years after the uh, podcast started. I'd start doing some voiceover work, and then, as Matt Chasen would say, I entered the film industry in the back door. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I never dreamed of being an actor. I never dreamed of being a producer or a voice actor, but I take it day by day, and, and uh, you know, there's... Uh, you, you just never know. I mean, no, that's kind of how all of, all actors have to really face the career. If you're going to have a career here or anywhere, you just you have to take it day by day, and you have to do something every day for your career. Yep. Just like people who work at a waiting job, they have to go to work every day or think about something job related every day. Um, no matter what job you do, and with actors, you know, with any artist. You kind of always are trying to envision how to go further in that art, and um, that's great, man. Have you, have you done any horror films yet? Yes, I've done. I think um, I've done a uh, a film called Arisen in Philadelphia back in November. I played this uh, doctor of uh, this patient. A one day shoot. Um, I like it that way because I can drive there and come home. I mean, when when I mean I'm SAG eligible. I mean I haven't joined the union yet, which I have to. You know, when you do that there, you have to make sure that you get a good income. I mean, you have to be able to. It's 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 tough. I, I live in Pennsylvania. I don't live in California, so it's kind of hard. I mean, I can get more 
jobs out here. Um, but the point of the matter, the point that I'm saying is, I've done horror, I've done a drama. I've uh, the most weirdest part I think is um, a filmmaker from the uh, uh, Eastern PA out there in the other side of Allentown towards New York. Um, text me the other day, and I, I got a new phone, so I didn't know who it was. And he says, can I call you? I said, sure. So we talked. And he says, uh, mm-hmm. I saw your uh, your Cephas character in the Hillbilly Horror Show, which has something that uh, that's getting pretty big. We have a game. We have a game app coming out on the iPhone and then Android next month. We have a distro deal for Volume 1 coming out in October. You can pre-order it on Amazon. And uh, we're, we shot three volumes. We're doing four and five and six, hopefully next month. He goes, I saw your character as Cephas. I want you for my film, but we're shooting this coming Sunday. And uh, so I said, sure. So I said, I, you know, I had to talk to the boss and make sure I get off. And I'm making a trip, about a two-hour trip out to Easton on Sunday. So, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's – I keep telling people, if you have a passion to do something, just be yourself. And, and, and I mean, if you got the talent to act or, or voice act – I mean, all this fell on my lap. I never asked. I didn't ask for none of it. It's just by dumb chance I started doing these reviews and stuff on the radio that people hear my voice, and then I, I just did a trailer for a, a horror film in Canada that was debuted two days ago called Massacre at Femur Creek. And uh, last Thursday it was. He says, "Hey, uh, I would love to have you do the uh, voiceover for the trailer." I said, "Okay." I knocked it out in ten minutes. And then I am also the weatherman in the movie as well, so I knocked out that script ten minutes later, and it, 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 that, that's all it takes. I mean, yeah, weatherman, weatherman, is something I want to do. Yeah, hey, just uh, somewhere, it's just silly, silly stuff. It's just, so. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm working full time and eventually. Well, so wait, like you it. said you said you're in Lancaster, right? Mm-hmm. Was that filmmaker Mark Polonia that contacted you? No, uh-uh. No, because Mark Polonia lives out in Wellsboro, which is out near you, I think. That Wellsboro, uh, that's down near the other side of York. That's about maybe an hour and 15 minutes from where I you am. You know what you should do is reach out to Mark Polonia. He and his brother, well, his brother died about four years ago, five years ago. They've been making horror films for a while, and pretty tragic his brother john died at age 38 but mark is still alive and he's carrying the torch for both of them and and he does a few things with david sterling but he does a lot of things on his own and really good fun horror stuff good gore very talented mark polonia is a he did splatter farm age seven right yeah yeah interesting mark polonia if I were you, I would be calling anybody out there I could. You know, I'm Michael Lennon casting in Philadelphia. He's gone down yep. there. Mike cast me mm-hmm. a couple of things back there. I did the Philadelphia premiere of The Grapes of Wrath. I hadn't played there before. I played Tom Joden there. And then did a couple of little-budget movies from Mike Lennon. I love that area. You know, that's where 12 Monkeys were shot and it's just a really great town to make movies. But that's the thing about the whole country and the movement in film that's been happening for the past six years, which is 
because of the tax rebates, people going to shoot on location. There are no feature films really shooting in Los Angeles anymore. They're all shooting out in the country now. And out of all the production that happens, only 40% is going on in Los Angeles or California. 60% of production is going on outside of California. So, so you're in a really good spot by being on the East Coast because New York has the most dramas. Atlanta has a boatload of stuff. They've got a new studio that's being built or has been built that I think is a billion-dollar studio. On top of the other studio that the uh, James Bond Franchise Corporation made for $700 million. And then you got South Carolina, which is near there less than 500 miles, so it counts as a local hire. And it's just a, it's a really great time to be an actor if you want to travel. <laughs> yeah, you can travel yeah. around to different cities and you can get, get to experience. <laughs> you know, there's a well, lot that... of great stuff going on in uh, Detroit and up in Michigan and a lot of stuff in Louisiana. And I like traveling. I like going and seeing these cities. I love shooting in Austin and hanging out at Troublemaker Studios and it's just Austin Studios. It's just all this great community of filmmakers in North Austin. Um, and yeah, I have a are. house down in South Austin with Joe McReynolds now. So it's a really, really great, great place to shoot. And I'm trying to figure out how to shoot more stuff there. Because the city has really been generous with us as far as our production's been going. Much That's more generous than New York or LA. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that you're you're a little bit younger than me. Yeah. Twenty nine. I'm twenty nine. What are you, thirty <laughs> one? I'm thirty one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm thirty one. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ford, it was great it was great having you on and just keep in touch because I'm yeah. very, very happy to see that uh you made one hell of a recovery. And Thank I think that's the way you're talking, I think it really put a new perspective in Fort Austin. I mean, we all had those moments to where it puts us, puts her, makes us think about our lives. And I think from what I see from talking to you is you're back. You're yeah. back stronger than ever. And I think that, uh, I think I'm better than be before. I'm better than before. So let's, let's remember God that. It's great. Great talking to you, Ford. Yeah. Thank you so much, Scott. This is really great. Well, keep in touch. Yeah, I will definitely. definitely. Um, I have a few projects that you mentioned. I don't know if you, you probably remember that uh, there's a film that we're possibly going to be doing next year that you're interested in. So, yeah, I, I will get back. I want to be in that. I'll get back. Uh, we're going to hopefully we're going to start the. Just attach the, me. Just attach me to the movie right now. Just go to wherever it's listening. And just attach me and put me in there. All right. Yeah, do it. <laughs> 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 I'm a tough sell, right? <laughs> well, listen, well, hey, have a, have a really great rest of the week. And you too. Call me anytime, okay? Take care of yourself. Thank you, Scott. Okay, bye-bye.